Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode number 34 of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. I'm your host, Joe Webb, and this is a podcast for spiritual exiles, for all of us who are looking for faith and community beyond the confines and the walls and the fences of institutional religion. In this ninth episode of our second season, my guest is Jenny McKinney, who is the author of the Marshmallow Ranch blog and a regular contributor to Girl Camper magazine. Jenny has been through a really interesting journey in her life, and we're going to talk a lot about that here. And, And thousands of people every year are impacted by the power of her story. In this interview, Jenny and I talk about how loss and grief inspired her to start a new kind of online community, how her own faith experience informs her work, and the importance of building relationships through common context. We had a whole lot of fun in this conversation, and I think you'll enjoy getting to know Jenny and hearing some of her story in this interview. You never get over grief. You learn how to navigate grief. You, you learn how to, to walk around the hole that's the size of the person you lost without falling in every single time. That's what you learn. So welcome, everyone. Our guest for this episode of the podcast is uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, It's been a while since we've got to hang out together and have a conversation, but I would like to introduce you good Accidental Tomatoes listeners to my friend Jenny McKinney-Jones. Um, i make sure I'm getting that right because you were Jenny McKinney when we first met, um, but you've since yeah. um, hitched your wagon to a young fella, right? And uh, yeah. so, um, Jenny, I'm so glad that you were able to join us for this episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, I uh, I still write under the name Jenny McKinney, but I sometimes refer to myself as Jenny McKinney Jones, like Facebook and that kind of thing, you know. I I hang I hang his name out there sometimes. sometimes <laughs> That's fair. That's perfectly fair. So um, yeah. So why don't you uh, tell the folks um, a little bit about who you are and and some of the things that you're doing in the world? And um, we've got a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about. But um, just introduce yourself to the folks, if you would, please. Well, my name is Jenny McKinney. Um, I am uh, a native West Virginian who moved away when I was 19. I lived in England for two years and then lived in Colorado for 40. Um, My husband uh, died unexpectedly in 2013, and that sent me on a broad adventure. We were in the process of buying a travel trailer when he uh, had a heart attack while we were standing in the trailer looking at it and uh, died within three hours. So I went out about three weeks after the funeral and bought a little 16-foot trailer and took off by myself. I had never really camped much. I had never pulled a trailer. Um, And so I went into the wilderness and back roads of Colorado for three months by myself. And that really changed the course of my life completely. I was always kind of a house mouse. And I mean, I wasn't really, uh, you know, like too terribly introverted, but I had a lot of fears of the of the unknown. And, and this really brought me out of my shell. So that brought me to a place where I decided to sell the Colorado house, trade in the 16 foot camper and get a big 30-foot camper, and I left on the road for, I I lived in that camper off and on for the better part of three years. Wow. And one of the trips when I was coming back across the country, I had gone for this, I would spend summers in Colorado with the kids and the grandkids. I was on my way back to West Virginia, And my elderly aunt that lived on the family farm was not doing well and had to go live with her brother, my uncle. And he asked if I could come off the road and take care of the farm out in Ritchie County, which was my my grandparents' farm. And it's the home of my heart. It always has been. And I jumped at the chance to come off the road and, you know, put roots down a little bit. I still didn't know what my direction would be, where I'd go, where I'd end up. But for the time being, I was going to fix up the farm and stay there. That was in uh, August of 2016. 
Then um, at my high school reunion, I ran into my best guy friend from high school and uh, amongst, you know, many other friends. But a few months later, um, I got a message from him asking me out to lunch. And so we started dating and we got married in um, October of 2018. And um, so now we live out on five acres and we still take care of the farm over in Ritchie County, but we live in Work County and on five acres. And, you know, we managed to pick up a little black cat along the way. And, <laughs> you know, my life has changed a lot. You and I talked have talked in the past about uh, downsizing, the downsizing that I went through in order to live in that camper selling my house, I got rid of 95% of my personal belongings. So when you've lived for, you know, 40 years of an adult life and get rid of 95%, that's a heck of a lot of stuff. So I pared my life down to essentially what would fit in this 30 foot camper. And it was very uh, liberating. Yeah. At first, very scary to let go of stuff because this was my stuff, you know, mm -hmm. but, but every time I took a load to uh, the, the resale shop or I sold something, I felt a hundred pounds lighter. Wow. And when I did not have anything, but you know, my clothes and, and what few boxes of mementos that I needed to keep uh, I, I it was incredibly liberating. Wow. And then I married a man who lives on, you know, five acres and has a 3,000 square foot house and a 30 by 40 building that's full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now it's like I'm here I am back to square one. <laughs> it's not my stuff, it's his stuff, which in some ways is harder because I can't very well just walk into his building and say, okay, we're getting rid of this. You know? Yeah, yeah. So there has to be some negotiating now. Yeah. Now, now my negotiating skills are getting, you know, perky. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a workout. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, I was always fascinated, and you know, you you were part of our new wineskins community for a while when you first yeah. came back to West Virginia, and um, like that that whole downsizing journey. You've talked a lot about what a spiritual journey that was, and not not oh, just a material God. journey. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and so out of that, you created this thing called Marshmallow Ranch, right? Actually, uh, or you uh, did that I before. I did it just before Dan died. Um, he, I, I was uh, working part time, and I was making art jewelry in my art studio in the house. And uh, so, Marshmallow Ranch kind of grew as this venue. It was like the name of my art studio, and I started a Facebook page. Well, then three months after I started it, uh, he died suddenly. And so I went on there and I told my readers, I probably, I probably only had 450 readers at that point. So I told my readers, I said, here's, here's the deal. Here's what happened. And I said, um, I, I am going to keep, I'm just going to talk to you about this because I, I found that I didn't have anybody really. My mom was already gone. Uh, my grandmother and everybody that had had experienced loss were gone. And I didn't really have anybody in my inner circle mm. that had gone through this. So I felt like I really needed a mentor. And since I didn't have a mentor, I decided to be the mentor. And that meant I was going to feel my way along through it, you know, kind of blind and organically. Yeah you know, just do what I felt was right. I couldn't concentrate enough to really read uh, self-help books and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I had the concentration to be able to sit down and write a short essay to people. But the, the benefit was instant. As soon as you go out on there and you tell somebody, you know, you're hurting and you're in pain and I'm going through this, a couple of things happen. People empathize and support you. Mm -hmm. And, and then they also, uh, 
if they have had that experience, they say, you're not alone. You, yeah. I did this too. I felt the same thing. And that was incredibly uh, validating and supportive to know that you weren't crazy and that, you know, you weren't the only one in the world going through this. But the way it worked on, with me um, uh, on a spiritual basis was really quite interesting because when you when I got pared down to really owning not much of anything, my camper, my truck, uh, everything was paid for. I had no debts and I had, uh, you know, what I could carry with me. So that pared me down to not depending on anything but God and me. Mm. And, um, and so it was very, um, it was really enlightening, uh, humbling, very humbling, because there were times when you have to face that you, you don't have this, we're much stronger than we think we are. But you also the other side of that, you have to face the fact that you're not also not as strong as you think. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, in all of in all of that that you've just described, I'm so struck by the really raw power of vulnerability. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. it's it's the thing that we we're most afraid of, right? Is is bearing our souls like that, and right. and you made that decision to do that with you I know did. the community that you were writing and sharing with. Um, but then also right. going through that, uh, that downsizing process as you did it and, and that kind of, and I, you know, I see that as a, a spiritual exercise, certainly of sorts. You may not take it on with that intent, but I can't see how it doesn't become that at some point. That's and exactly I think that's what right. you've described there. Yeah. It is. It is. It was interesting that, you know, the, the scripture that says that you can't worship uh, two masters. And um, all my stuff was uh, was one of my masters because, it, you know, I mean, I it was my stuff. I couldn't get rid of my stuff. You know, I, I carted the stuff. I paid people to move this stuff four or five, six times. I moved it back and forth across the country. I moved it all around the state of Colorado. I paid lots of money to do that. <laughs> and then I just got rid of it. And it was like and I. I felt a little bit bad because my late husband, you know, hated my stuff and, and he was a minimalist and, and uh, the piles and, and stuff was not his thing. And, uh, and it was a little late for me to wake up to that, <laughs> to that. but, you know, I reaped the benefit. He didn't, but uh, you know, that's, that's the way it works sometimes. Yeah. I can remember you writing though, in those years um, about kind of sensing his presence with you oh, yeah. in the midst of some of that, like, you know, I, yeah. I don't have any, like, I don't remember specifically what you said, but like, I know that's been part of some of our conversations over the years, like, because you were kind of living out his dream in a way, almost, um, right. that it, that it, it, it continued your relationship with your late husband and, and like a yeah, very real way. Really right. So. It was in a very real way. I'll tell you one quick story. When um, I was up in the wilderness of uh, of Colorado and I was going up over Cameron Pass, and uh, it's really high. It's over 11,000 feet, and uh, it was June, and uh, so the, the reservoir up there was still partially frozen over, and uh, the night before, I had camped in a canyon, and uh, I had seen so much wildlife on this trip, which was interesting because he and I used to go on Sunday drives looking for wildlife. And we might see a deer here and an elk there or a coyote maybe. But, you know, we were really kind of surprised. And one place where we used to live, we, he worked on a, we worked on a ranch. And every day when he drove into work, he'd see bears. So um, I used, I never would catch them. I never saw the bears, you know, so it was always a kind of a running back and forth between he and I that I never got to see the bears. So the morning I was going, heading up Cameron Pass, I'm uh, having my coffee and I'm having my morning conversation with uh, with God and and with my late husband. And and I told him, I said, you know, I am so appreciative of all of these 
wonderful animals that you've brought me. I was seeing herds of elk and deer and um, coyotes and owls in the daytime. You never see owls mm. in the daytime. And uh, just just a moose. It was, you know, everything, but no bear. So this morning, I'm getting ready to go up Cameron Pass. And I said to him, you know, the least thing you could do. I mean, I appreciate all these other things. <laughs> But if you could just bring me one bear, I don't ask for a lot, just bring me a bear. So I'm driving up the mountain and uh, I get up to the tippy tippy top and cross over. And when you go down the other side of Cameron Pass, you don't go very far when you make a very, very sharp right hand turn. And there's no guardrails on this mountain in Colorado. And so I'm going really, really slow because I've got my camper behind me. And I go around this turn and the and I look to the left and I saw the, the the thought that went through my head was what an odd place to put a statue of a bear. <laughs> and then the thing moved and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> you know? I mean, the, the, it was massive, this massive, huge bear. And he stood on the side of the road and he turned his head and looked at me majestically like he was posing. <laughs> and I so I grab my phone and I go to take a picture. And you know how it happens when your phone is full and it says uh, no room. Yeah. Pictures. So I grab for my digital camera. And by the time I get it out and everything, I see his butt going over the, <laughs> the side. So I knew that, that that was just for me and that he had, I really felt that, That's you know, awesome. he had brought that just for me. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Oh man. So, 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 so marshmallow ranch then goes from this little thing you were doing to, to sell your jewelry to sort of a support community, but that's, it didn't end there though. Right. So no, No. it, you know, it started out just talking about grief and walking my way through the grief journey, one campfire at a time, because I was taking my readers along with me where I was camping and, um, at first, I didn't write an essay every day, but I'd say probably about two and a half years or so in, I started writing like every single day. And I went from those 400 readers, I told them at the beginning, if this is, you know, who wants to talk about death and dying all the time, you came here to to read, you know, to find jewelry and stuff and art. I said, if this isn't your thing, then by all means, go on, you know. And I was amazed that so many people stuck with me. And it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and they people would share it and um at one point I was uh in I've been in the New York Times twice and I was on Fox News once and and you know a couple big blogs picked me up and and uh so it grew to where now I have just under 6000 followers wow and uh which you know I'm so humbled by that because they're they're wonderful and they still they're still so supportive. And I don't always talk about grief grief now, although we you never get over grief. You learn how to navigate yeah, grief. Yeah. You you learn how to, to walk around the hole that's the size of the person you lost without falling in every single time. That's right. what you learn. And um, and so I was able to, to share that and uh, and share with my readers and and it got to the point that I start I, I can remember I don't remember exactly where it was two big things happened somewhere around 2015 I think so now it's a couple years after he died um, I started writing putting scripture in my blog posts because I was talking about God and I was taught, but I wasn't really walking the talk. And I was saying this was a a faith based blog, but I wasn't really walking the talk. Right. I mean, I was personally, but I wasn't putting it out there on my blog because I didn't want to alienate people and I wanted to be politically correct. And, you know, I didn't want to piss people off and make them go off, do something else. And one day I was in church and, um, I can always kind of get this feeling when I'm when I'm going to get some sort of insight or message or whatever. And I kept getting this feeling that God was trying to tell me something. And so I'm having this inner dialogue before church starts and saying, well, okay, what is it? What is it? What is it? And this message I got was that you have to tell them where you find your peace. And I'm like saying, 
okay, uh, I'm happy to talk to anybody. Who am I supposed to talk to? I pick up the church bulletin and they're talking in there about um, the, they were having a basketball tournament over at the Christian school and they wanted people to come in and give a five to 10 minute testimony. And I almost laughed out loud <laughs> because I said, God, you know me and I can't tell you my name in five to 10 minutes. As I can. <laughs> Just a test to you now. And uh, so I said, you know, I don't think this is what you want me to do. What do you want me to do? And the, the it was just as clear as a bell. You've got to tell your readers. you got to tell them about me. And I'm having an argument now with God in church saying, oh. Because that's how sure. it works, right? <laughs> right. That's how it works. I'm saying, no, no, no. You're talking to the wrong girl here. You know, I'm, that's not, I am not going to be that preachy person. I am not going to push people away. I'm not going to be that one that sounds like the person, you know, out on the street screaming and holding a Bible up in the air. I'm not, you know, I'm not that girl. And, uh, and so right then I had my purse on the pew beside me and the, the phone, my phone started buzzing and it was sitting, you know, face up in my purse and I just kind of glanced down at it. And a friend of mine was sending me a text. And I knew this friend was in church down in Florida. And so I couldn't figure out why on earth I was getting a church, a, 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 a text during church. So I reached down surreptitiously and flipped the little thing over. And it says, get this, you cannot run from God's love. Excuse me, love. You cannot run from God's love. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. You know, so the next morning I told the I told my readers, I said, listen, I got a text from God in church. And uh, <laughs> you know, when God texts you and tells you to do something, you better do it. And so uh, here's what I'm gonna do. And believe it or not, I had one person who said, oh, no. I, I liked you because you didn't have an agenda. Now that you have an agenda, I'm going to go on my way. And I said, well, that's fine. Send you on with love and light. That's fine. But within two weeks, I was in a great big blog uh, online, at the Tiny House blog. And uh, I gained 750 readers in two weeks. And so I said, oh, so that's what you wanted <laughs> me to do. <laughs> That's so, so, so I started writing, uh, adding a scripture and, and, you know, some of my, some of my blog posts are, you know, are really little mini sermons, you know, uh, but I try not to be too pushy and preachy about it, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, but the, no, go ahead. The other thing, no, no, you go ahead. No, no, no. That's fine. I was just going to ask another question. So finish your thought. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, uh, the other thing that happened uh, besides putting um, uh, the uh, scripture in in my blog was uh, I kind of joined up with these other women that were doing camping, and uh, and I I uh, became a a uh, edit a, a, a special editor for uh, Girl Camper. And I started uh, doing some writing for them and uh, doing some representing and things with them. And then, uh, you know, then unfortunately, right in the middle of doing all of that last spring, my new husband had two small strokes back to back, uh, one in February and one in May. And um, so I kind of backed off from those kind of commitments that I had because I did not feel safe uh, leaving him right. um, for, you know, real length of time and going on the road, which I was doing a lot of. He's very uh, supportive of what I do. Um, he knew coming into this that I was a writer and that I travel and and that I do a lot of things on my own. Um, uh, what, one particular, when we the first time I took him camping, um, he gets out of the truck and he starts unhooking my camper. And I said, Ex excuse me, I'm sorry. What are you doing? <laughs> and he, said, uh, he says, well, I'm on, I'm unhooking your camper. And I said, Oh, great. Listen, would you do me a favor and go get me a chair? And so he gets this kind of look on his face, like the, you know, the guy's going to show the little woman how it's done. So he goes over and he gets the chair and he brings it over. And I said, now, if you'll just sit it down over there and put your butt in it, I will get my work done and then 
cook dinner or whatever it is. So he's sitting there and, and he's shifting from one side to the other and looking around. And he says, I don't like this. And I looked at him and I said, that's not my problem. Because the thing is, I had to learn how to do those things because I didn't have anybody to help me with it. And I don't know how long you'll be around. So I have to keep my skills sharp. So when I'm camping with my camper, when we are camping with my camper, I unhook and yeah. hook up. <laughs> That's so good. I Having owned a camper uh, a few times um, when I was raising my kids, like you get even it's, it's not that it's bad to have help, but you get a system, right? You yes. get an efficient system for how you set up your rig and right. for someone else to help me would always slow me down by 15 or 20 minutes because I'd have to stop right. and tell them what to do. So I'm just, exactly. I, I, I would be <laughs> like you, go sit down, open yeah. a beer and stay the hell out of my way for about 10 minutes and then we'll be ready to camp. <laughs> we will. Yeah. We will. yeah. That's, <laughs> That's yeah. great. Well, with both. So, but it, it wasn't much longer after that, that he was uh, bragging about me to the other guys in the campground. <laughs> you ought to see this woman back up a camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we still have to have some conversations about gender roles and things like that. Right? Yes. yes. There's all that. Oh, my. I'm a real liberated woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that, that fascinates me about both what you've done or, or still doing with Marshmallow Ranch and what you've been doing in, in the girl camper movement is mm -hmm. the the community that forms up around those things, right? And yeah. and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some overlap between like the Marshmallow Ranch community and the girl camper community. Um, A little bit. Yeah. But um I guess, I guess the question in all that is like how how important are those communities? Certainly for the women and, and the the readers and the followers who participate, like there's an importance there. But then how do how do you see that community then um, expanding in reach into the sort of the spheres of influence? D does that make sense of the people who participate? So you're impacted by the community that you take part in. Right. And then you take that mm -hmm. impact out into your world. Right. Do you, is that right. something that, that you've been able to kind of observe and. I have. Yeah. And I think that's one of the ways it grew was, you know, word of mouth and people saying, Oh, I know uh, my, my friend Jane lost her husband, you know, six months ago or whatever. And, and so there was a lot of that network that webbed out, yeah. you know, that, uh, that reached other people. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of it is uh, is spiritual. Um, I have a lot of uh, of followers. I think that follow simply because I'm faith based. And a lot of people tell me that they read my blog first thing in the morning with their coffee, and I'm sort of their daily devotional. Yeah, because. I always select a, uh, I don't do what devotionals usually do. Devotionals usually finds a scripture and then writes something about right, it. Right, yeah. I do it the hard way. <laughs> I write a story that's on my heart and then I have to go searching for the right uh, scripture that, that illustrates what my right. thinking was. And, uh, you know, concordance really helps with that. Sure. But yeah. um but but still you have to read and you have to read in the context and you have to um you know pick pick and choose which one uh is is appropriate for for what you're writing about and that has given me uh more opportunity to read scripture than I had before. And I think it does more it I think it does more for me uh personally to do it that way. Because um, then I'm always bringing, I'm always looking for God mm, yeah. in, in, in my uh, daily life. And when I read the, when I look and I read scripture that matches what I'm doing, it's like, there he is, you know, mm. there, it, this is, it's like a, a, a square peg in a square hole, you know, yeah. it's, it matches. Yeah. I, I mean, that just seems like such a more organic approach and yeah. in, a, in a very, I like the authenticity of it too. I think a lot of times, you know, I, I've done my share of devotional writing. Like I get the the formula for how you do it. And I, I, 
I don't really have anything against that, but it, it, it can be really tempting to an imposed, impose an agenda on the scripture itself when you do it that right. way, right? Um, right? Rather than doing maybe the harder work of saying, here, here's my story. Now, how do I, how do I make a good connection, right? Um, yeah. To something that's biblically based. So really, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and you know, I've, I've had such a tremendous amount of spiritual growth since, uh, my late husband died too. He was a Catholic and, um, I had, I actually became, I actually got baptized, um, uh, the summer he and I started dating. Yeah, I was going to so, ask you, cause I knew one of my questions for you was you've got this really diverse sort of spiritual background oh, yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> so which has to play just, into everything you're doing now but yeah like, go ahead and unpack that a little bit <laughs> okay i'll unpack i'll just go back uh the the real you know quick elevator story version um my uh, i was raised in an evangelistic united brethren uh church my grandparents church out in ritchie county little teeny tiny one room church house i mean it was a big busy day if there was 10 people there and uh, we had a a uh, traveling circuit preacher that came around every three to four weeks and preaching Sunday was big and we'd go and uh, we'd be dressed in our pretty little dresses and grandma would tie a dime in the corner of the uh, hanky and we'd get a stick of gum and sit on the front and, and the, the, they had this little teeny tiny uh, bandy rooster of a guy preacher Simon. And he came bounding over the, uh, the um, uh, days one day and uh and, and he was preaching hellfire and brimstone and hit his hand down on the the pew in front of me and and put his gnarly finger in my face and i said <laughs> if you don't believe you'll go to hell and i did what all little seven-year-olds would normally do in such a situation and i sat there and peed my pants and decided that this was not for me so as soon as I was old enough, all of to the not, extra syllables. I'm sorry, just oh, yeah, it's so I accurate. Know. I mean, <laughs> it is. It is. So, uh, as soon as I was old enough in high school, I guess to say I'm not going, I, I wasn't going to do this anymore. Um, I stopped, and then uh, I didn't do anything really with faith. I, I I would explore different things, you know. I'd ask people what their faith was like, and I learned about this and that. And and um, and then I started. I had a roommate who was Jewish, and uh, see the thing was is that little bandy rooster of a preacher was talking about Jesus. Now I love God and and God loved me, but this Jesus guy, he was scaring me that to death mm. about this Jesus guy. So my little mind uh, equated Jesus with fear, yeah, but God with good. Mm. So Judaism was a really neat segue for me because I could still have God, but I didn't have to have this Jesus guy. Wow. So I actually started following Judaism and then I met my second husband and he was Jewish. And uh, so there really wasn't any kind of a, you know, problem because I was following Judaism. So I lived a Jewish life for 27 years. Sorry to interrupt the conversation, but I wanted to take just a minute to thank some of the folks that help us make the Accidental Tomatoes podcast happen through our Patreon giving platform. For as little as $2 a month, you can be part of a growing group of people who are committed to helping create and curate all the great content for the Accidental Tomatoes community. We're grateful for the contributions of all of our patrons, and I'd like to recognize our master gardener-level contributors, Jen and Harry Morgan, and Kevin and Heather Malcolm. To learn more about how you can support this podcast and the community we're creating, just go to patreon.com slash accidentaltomatoes. You can also support our work by simply leaving us a rating and review on your favorite streaming app. That helps other folks find our community and participate in the conversation. And now, back to the podcast. 
So at this point in the interview, Jenny and I have been talking about her various experiences in different types of faith traditions, and we're going to pick it up here as she begins to describe some of uh, the most recent developments in that part of her story. And then I married my current husband. He had not been to church in 35 years. And uh because he had had a bad experience as well and and he found it boring and you know he didn't want to go and blah 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 so i Been said done that. When, yeah. yeah and so when we started dating i said now on sundays i go to church so if you care to go with me you're welcome to go if not i'll see you another time and um i i don't know if maybe at first it was so that he could go you know, see me on Sundays, but uh, whatever the impetus was, he started going with me faithfully. And, um, and then 2016 happened. Mm. (laughs) And I went to, um, I went to my grandma's church. One of my friends said, Oh, we have a new preacher, you need to go. So I went and uh, he preached politics from the pulpit. And I almost stood up and walked out. And uh, this was when I was living on the farm. And my husband put his hand on my arm and he said, just remember where you live. And um, that was uh, actually, that was probably 2017. But anyway, whatever, he was was preaching politics. And that turned me off. But this other church I went to in town did not do that until they did. Mm. And uh, that was this last um, election. Yeah. And things changed. And it, it was, it saddened me to hear the political um, diatribe coming from the pulpit. But I think what saddened me more was this us against them um, about the masks. I'm a scientist. I, I worked in medicine all my life. Um, having a mask is science to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, it makes sense. To, I mean, I, I worked in medicine. You wear a mask if you don't want to contaminate anything, or and it works the other way, too. But then to, to still hold church during a pandemic and to not openly say that masks aren't good, but don't wear masks and we don't encourage masks and, you know, and it's us against them kind of thing. You can't tell us, you can't tell us what to do. You can't, you can't uh, make us not go to church. And, and I, I had a, not a crisis of faith. I had a crisis of church. Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. I think. And I hadn't had that for a long time. I had a little bit, you know, with that country church, but I kind of blew that off. I figured, you know, it's a little, you know, it was very evangelistic and, and you know, it was the same kind of preacher that was there that scared the pee yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but I thought this other one was different and, and, I w- and it's disillusioning when that happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, um, that describes so much, I think, about, why so many of us are now looking for these new kinds of expressions of faith communities <clears throat> because the institution like, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to just crap all over the institution. Like I, I'm still deeply, like I'm, you know, I'm an ordained minister and I take that pretty seriously. And I love the, the United Methodist church that I'm part of. Um, I love Wesleyan theology, but there are parts of the institution that while they're still working really well for some people have done some pretty serious harm to a lot of others. And so, you know, and, and just what you described, like, even if it's something just like politics where all of a sudden you feel yourself kind of on the outside looking in or something as serious as denying science, you know, um, right. Because for whatever reason, you know, um, you know, we, we know we need to walk away from those situations. Like you can't stay in that, but there's still this desire for community, right? There's still, yes. and, and, and so we, we, we find other ways of finding it. And I think 
<clears throat> one of the things that I think you've been a real pioneer in, and one of the things a lot of us are starting to learn is that these communities don't have to exist in in physical proximity, right? We we live in the age of the internet. Vir- right. Virtual community is as real as physical community, and one of the ways um, that we that we develop those communities is around content, right? So like your blog or like kind of the girl camper, like that contextual interest thing, those things that bring us together, you know, whereas once the church was the center of the neighborhood and everything we did was centered around our neighborhood. Well, now we're parts of these networks that may or may not have any physical proximity, but still bring us together in community, right? And so I think that's one of the brilliant things that, that you, and what I love about what I've, what you've done and, you know, we've known each other for, I don't know what, about six or seven years now. And, Mm um, I've watched that happen with, you know, when I read your work and when I see the community forming around that is how, how beautifully organic and uncontrived that all is. I think sometimes we just try too hard, you know, and, but, but when we, when we come together around that kind of content and contextual relationships it, it's always good and it's always beautiful and it's always authentic you know yeah when i uh on uh, sunday nights i don't i you've probably seen on sunday nights i do sunday evening prayer circle mm-hmm. and uh, i put out I, I kind of i have a prayer list and i it keeps getting added to Unfortunately, sometimes I don't find out what happens. And so people's names kind of end up staying on right. there. So the list gets longer and longer. But uh, I, the, the intro, I always change up with, uh, you know, current current prayer requests or something really special that, that needs to be uh, prayed for or um, something that's going on in the world or you know, something of that nature. And I have had wonderful feedback from that. A lot of people saying that, uh, thanking me for holding this space that they can look forward to and come to on Sunday nights to um, seek uh, prayer Mm -hmm. for their own for their own uh, families or their own situations or uh, someone that they know or um, or just standing in agreement with the others who are praying or um, I, it's really been a beautiful thing. And I, um, uh, on occasion, once, not often, but once in a while, I'll, I'll be late posting it and I'll get somebody that will send me a message and say, are you okay? Is it, <laughs> <laughs> did I miss the, did I miss it? Is it someplace else or what? You know? so, that's that you mean it's, it humbles me I don't ever want to make it sound like I am all that uh, it, it's so humbling that um that I've been able to um minister to people it's it, it is a ministry to me oh sure I, yeah. I, I feel like this was why I was put here this is why I've gone through the things I've gone through, because look at the things that I can talk to people about, Joe. Yeah. I can talk to them about, you know, marriage and divorce and having children. And I can talk to them about um, uh, different faiths. And I can talk to them about mental health and substance abuse and uh, depression and um, and death and dying and uh, grief and and remarriage and downsizing and moving and camping you know I mean my gosh it's just this all kind of this it's like an octopus this thing well I think when when we connect within those kind of contextual relationships it it becomes a ministry with rather than a ministry to you know yeah and and to me that's just always it in whatever your context is wherever you find yourself on you know, the spiritual spectrum or whatever, that's just always so much healthier and more authentic than, than that. Like I've been assigned to, you know, save your soul or whatever, that it's just like, right. we're, we're in this mess together and, right. and let's just do what we can to help each other through it. Right. And, and you, you, you have that gift of, of being able to write and to, 
to connect those folks, to create that content that connects those folks in that space. Well, I am wordy, my mom used to say. I used to to know a guy, um, and you and I are so much, like, I remember the last time you and I sat in a room and talked together. I think we had like a two and a half hour lunch. (laughs) But I I remember this guy, he was a a retired dentist who owned a fly shop. We didn't even get into fly fishing, Jenny, which is our other shared passion. That's true. Yeah, um, but, but this guy owned a shop and... Um, a friend of mine stopped in his shop, like we were on our way somewhere and we were in a hurry and we stopped in to, to buy one particular pattern of fly that we didn't have, that we knew we were going to need wherever we were going. And so the guy, you know, he, he gives us a couple of the flies. He should, so let me show you how to tie this. And like an hour and a half later, we're walking out of this guy's shop and he said, you know, you can't ask me what time it is without me telling you how to build a clock. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, exactly that's our people. Right. That's that's our people, Jenny. That's, that's our people. Yeah, that's our tribe. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're 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 coming close to the end of our time here together. Um, and I really appreciate everything that that you had to share with us here. Um, so where where can folks find? You? Are you working on any projects now? Anything new? And and uh, where I, can folks well, find you and connect with you? What what the the big project I just finished was uh, putting. You know, when I when I started the blog in 2013, and then I didn't start the website until too, late 2016. So I, from the time I started the the website, all my blogs went on there. But I wanted all my writing on one place, so I had to copy and paste. Oh yeah, all writing for almost four years over to my blog. And uh, I started it in December of 2016. And I just finished a week before last. Nice. So that was a huge, huge, huge weight off of me to get done. Um, The next thing is I have a book written. Um, I, you know, if I don't get it posted, or if I don't get it published before too long, it's going to be war and peace. Because I keep living. (laughs) You know, I keep living and I keep getting stories. So I think what I'm going to have to do is kind of divide it up into the different sections of my life, you know, but um, I, I did have a, uh, an agent at one point and kind of decided I wanted to go a different way. I wasn't getting a lot of feedback from her. So I dropped that. But um, one of these days, I'll get a, 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 a book published or two. And um, I still write for Girl Campers. So you can find find my byline sometimes in their magazine. They have a national magazine now, Girl Camper Magazine. It's very, very well done. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Marshmallow Ranch. And the nice thing about uh, my blog uh, or my uh, website at, at MarshmallowRanch.com is on the right-hand side, there's a long uh, listing of every month from the time I started writing the blog on chronologically. So if, if let's say I have a new, uh, newly bereaved person who wants to read it, they can go back to the oh, first nice. part yeah. Yeah. Uh, and see where it was, you know, it was really all about grief, um, which it, that was the goal for getting it on there for that reason. Right. So people could read the early stuff. Because, you know, someone who's newly bereaved doesn't want to read about my last wedding, you know. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. it's, it, it, it's nice later for them to get some hope that, you know, life moves on and we, 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 um, we get better and, and we can fall in love again and we can uh, have happiness. That's hopeful, but it's not helpful when they're newly, you know, in the throes of grief. So, uh, that's really about it. And trying to keep my husband in line. Yeah. Yeah. Full-time work. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to, uh, travel much to get back to Colorado to see my, uh, my kids and grandkids, they're all growing up without me. And, uh, I didn't get to go back this summer. So that was last summer. So hopefully this year, Yeah. and I'm just getting ready to have a little, uh, a little surgical procedure to get something corrected. That's been bothering me the last three years. Mm. So I'm going to be back, back. (laughs) This, This has been my time. This cocooning has been my time to, you know, get, get, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, 
irons and out of out of the fire because yeah. I had too in there, yeah. you know. But this has been a really good. Uh, it's been. We'll have a whole other conversation another time about um, being fairly newly married during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole a whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Jenny, thank you so much again for for joining me for this conversation, and I'm I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy uh, everything that you've had to say here. And uh, I hope folks will will look you up online and find you and enjoy your work as much as I do. So. Thank you so much, Joe. It's just been a pleasure talking to you. Let's do it again. Let's do it. Amen. <laughs> uh, amen. Okay. I am so grateful to Jenny for spending some time with me and sharing her story with all of you. I think it's so important for folks, wherever they are in their spiritual journey, to have these kinds of conversations about what inspires us and how we work together in this world for the common good. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Jenny, and if you're interested, I encourage you to check out her work at MarshmallowRanch.com. If you're interested in some of the other content that we're creating and curating for the Accidental Tomatoes community, you can find us online at AccidentalTomatoes.com. And across the social media world, we are at Accidental Tomatoes. As always, if you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcast guests or topics, I would love to hear from you. You can find us and contact us through our website, message us on social media, or send us an email at accidentaltomatoes at gmail.com. And if you enjoy this podcast and our other content, please be sure to give us a rating and a review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. That goes a long way in helping other people find us and connect with our community and participate in the conversation. If you'd like to support the work we're doing again at the Accidental Tomatoes podcast, you can donate through Patreon, where your support helps us to offset some of the expenses of producing content for the community. Just go to patreon.com slash accidentaltomatoes to learn more. So until next time, keep on growing outside the fences and join us again for another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast.